Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, a presentation of Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called Life Study. This Life Study is the basis for our program today and includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's program. In chapter 2 of John's Gospel, at the beginning of his ministry in the city of Cana, there is an oft-quoted story of Jesus attending a wedding. And when the wine ran out during the celebration of this wedding, Jesus, performing likely the first of his many miracles, turned clay pots of plain water into the best wine. Far more than simply illustrating that as God, Jesus had the power to perform miracles such as this, in this passage, With this miracle, he established a principle that would govern the rest of his ministry and further become the central line of the entire New Testament. That central line is the line of life, of new life, eternal life, divine life. Bill Lawson has joined us as we come actually to chapter 3 today, Bill, but I thought it fitting to open with this little recount of uh, this first great miracle of Jesus at the wedding in Cana. Because that event, that miracle, really establishes something that's going to govern us, isn't it, in our life study for the next many, many weeks as we go forward. Uh, right, Chris. It establishes a base here that uh, what we see as a principle, or I should say what we see as a case here in Cana of Galilee, of that water being turned into wine, really that is establishing a principle that will govern us for the next number of chapters in John, which is to turn things of death into things of life. Beginning here, Bill, in chapter 3, and uh, as you mentioned, going on through chapter 11, John gives us nine accounts, nine cases. And these cases, as we will come to see, although each individually with a, a very significant spiritual truth and reality that is conveyed, but collectively, these nine cases really encapsulate all of humanity, don't they? That's really so. Of course, you have a case here in chapter 3 of of a moral person like Nicodemus, and he needs a divine life. Then, of course, you go into John 4, you have an immoral woman, and she needs to be saved from, uh, you know, not being satisfied. You have John, you know, 5, talking about our impotence and weakness. John 6, we're hungry. John 7, we're thirsty. John 8, we're sinful. John 9, we're blind. <laughs> John 11, we're dead. We need resurrection. So in case after case, the Lord's life is really shows us he's the answer to every man's need. This section, chapters 3 through 11, really are uh, one of the marvelous, I'd say, collections in all of uh, Scripture, because with these nine carefully chosen cases that end up in the divine record, every human is really covered. And for most of us, several of these cases touch different things that are relative to us, don't they? But it's very interesting, and not just interesting, it's profound, that the first case is not of a sinful, immoral quote, quote, thirsty person, as we'll see in the next chapter, in chapter 4, but of a righteous man of the highest standard, of the highest behavior, and his encounter with the man-savior is really remarkable, isn't it? 
really so probably, Chris, is because in our natural concept, only the bad people need to be regenerated. Uh, the good people, you know, they're okay already. It's just these, you know, down and outers that they need Jesus. But you know, the the rest of the people who are really good, they don't need the Lord at all. So, the Lord has a way to you know deal with our concepts. Well, let's meet our character today. Our first case, the man Nicodemus, whom we've all probably heard of, but I'm anxious to come to this with fresh eyes and fresh ears because there's a wonderful revelation. Uh, that is, I think, meaningful for everyone within uh, reach of our voices today. All right, here's Nicodemus. We're chapter 3 of John, verses 1 through 3. But there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This one came to him by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you've come from God as a teacher, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, Unless one is born anew, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Not what Nicodemus thought he was going to hear, I suspect, Bill. Uh, No, not in any way. All right, here's Witness Lee. From chapter 3 through chapter 11, John selected nine cases from many, many things done by the Lord to illustrate how the Lord as life can meet the need of every man's case. The first case is the need of the moral people, the need of lives regenerating. The first case is a case of a person of the highest class, a man of high standard, a man with high attainment, a man uh, full of morality, such a man coming to the Lord Jesus. And the Lord Jesus, surely he was more than wise. He just took this as a chance to reveal what is the real need of the humankind. Regardless how good you are, You may be on the top of all the good ones. You still need the regeneration. No need to say that you are immoral, you are so low, you are so mean. No need to say that. Even you are so high, you are so good, you are so moral. With such a high standard, you still need (laughs) regeneration. Why? Because whatever you have that is human, not divine. Even Adam never got fallen. Even in the Garden of Eden, Adam by that time needed the regeneration. That was why God put Adam in front of the tree of life. If he would take the tree of life, by that time he would get regenerated. The Lord has mercy upon us. Here is a man He never got to know his real need. Due to human culture, due to the Jewish religion, he got the concept. The concept is that man has to behave. Man has to have good conduct. Man has to worship God in the proper way. 
So man needs a lot of teachings. The Lord Jesus just cut off all his human, religious, traditional concept. The Lord said, truly, truly, I say unto you, except a man be born anew, there's no possibility for him to see the kingdom of God. What you need, Nicodemus, is not any kind of teaching. What you need is another life. Bill, this is remarkable what we just heard. Um, I mean, there's a lot to talk about, and I don't want to confine you at all. You have full freedom. But of all the things he said, one thing I underlined or made note of was when he said, Lord, have mercy on us. Uh, To realize that our goodness, regardless of what standard, and even he went so far uh, as to say that if Adam had not fallen in the garden, he still would have needed regeneration. We do need the Lord's mercy to have such a realization, don't we? That's right, Chris. This is a profound statement by Brother Lee. Just recently, I was looking at Watchman Nee's uh, portion there in in the Collected Works of Watchman Nee, volume number 10. And uh, in that portion, he talks about Adam before the fall. It always intrigued me. He talked about the incredible ability of Adam, his intelligence, his memory, his managerial ability, his capability to rule over a vast area with four rivers. I mean, it is staggering what God entrusted Adam with, and that was Adam before the fall. So in our concept, Again, mainly we think, well, because man was corrupted and fell in Genesis chapter 3, we need to be regenerated, and that is very true. But we also need to see, which is remarkable, is that even if Adam had never fallen, we still need to be regenerated. We think we're trying to be like Adam. (laughs) You know, we fell, and we're trying to be as good with our behavior, our conduct, behavior modification. We tell our children, be good and don't be bad. We're totally in the realm of good and bad, right and wrong, improve yourself, perfect yourself. But when, you know, when the Lord addressed Nicodemus, the Lord was taking Nicodemus out of this whole realm of teaching and morality and conduct improvement and trying to show that regeneration, Nicodemus, no matter how good you are, you are short of the divine life. You need another life. So Adam needed another life, or why would God put Adam in front of the tree of life? If God could create Adam to be almost a genius, probably a genius, then surely that we think that's okay. But no, God then placed this man, this incredible gifted man, Adam, in front of the tree of life so that man could have a divine life in addition to his human life. Of course, none of us could be ever, regardless of how many self-improvement programs uh, we involve ourselves in, we could never achieve where Adam was prior to the fall. Uh, we're all fallen, and therefore we all know we need redemption. But we're now talking about regeneration, which is the receiving of a new life. It comes uh, simultaneous with our redemption, doesn't it, Bill? And that's what we're focusing on now. And the point here is that here is this upright, righteous moral, God-fearing 
proper human by any definition and standard, kind of a New Testament Job in a sense. That's the implication. And his life is not adequate. And the Lord really has to jolt him here because probably because of all those virtues, Nicodemus was also, I would imagine, a proud man. So the Lord is really shocking him here with this speaking, isn't he? No doubt Nicodemus was totally shocked that he realized, wow, this guy, Jesus, he, he's got some new stuff. And since he's got some new teaching, and what I need to do, I need to, you know, maintain my stature in front of these Pharisees, so I need to come to him by night, get some good new stuff, go back to the Pharisees and tell them some things, and they won't know where I'm getting this thing. But the Lord was totally not in that realm. The Lord was trying to impart, trying to uh, present to Nicodemus that, Nicodemus, no matter how upright you are, how good you are, you could be like Adam before the fall, yet you still need a divine life. You need a divine birth. You need a divine life in addition to your human life. This is not easy to see. Well, Bill, let's listen to the uh, continuation of the conversation. It almost gets incredulous how uh, this wise, educated man comes back to Jesus. In verse 4, he says, How can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born, can he? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born anew. The wind blows where it wills, and you will hear the sound of it. But you do not know where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. All right, here's Witness Lee once again. When he heard this word, to be born anew, right away he thought that meant that he should go back to the mother's womb and come out again. He misunderstood the Lord Jesus. Then the Lord Jesus went on to tell him, Regardless how many times you would go back to your mother's own and come out, maybe 2,000 times, you still be the flesh. Oh, the flesh is the flesh. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. Nicodemus, don't waste your time. No need to say you cannot go back to your mother's own. If you can make it and get out, you're still the same. Don't think now you are old. Then you need to go back to mother's own and come out to be something young. But after 60 years or 70 years again, you'll be the same. That is born of the flesh is flesh. You don't need that kind of birth. You got it already. You need another birth. Not another birth in time, but another birth in nature. I say anew, it doesn't mean in time. I say anew, it means in nature. You need another birth in another nature. So, the second time the Lord Jesus told him, you need to be born of water and of the Spirit. Bill, the key here, I think we both agree, is this matter of nature. The problem is not that we need another literal physical birth so we'd end up just with another manifestation of the flesh. That which is born of the flesh is still and will always be the flesh. We need another birth in the sense of 
another life, another nature, don't we? Yep. Yes, Chris, I'm glad you picked this up, and I had the same feeling. When Brother Lee here is talking about the nature, he's making a striking point, trying to, again, get us out of the realm of our natural understanding when we read the Bible to realize we could be born again, like you said, a couple thousand times. We still, even though we have different, you know, coming back at different times, our nature is still the same. We're still fallen and we're still human. God's desire, his intention is to impart his divine life, and that brings in a new nature. When we have a new birth, that includes a new nature. So the central point here is that God uh, in creating man with a good, upright, moral human life with a human nature, his intention ultimately is that we, with this kind of life and nature, would receive the divine life and the divine nature. And this is what is the reality of regeneration. Yes. Nicodemus needed another nature. Uh, he had a good nature, you know, moral, but he did not have the divine nature, because he did not have the divine life. Right. The nature is inextricably part of the life, isn't it? Every life has a nature. Bill, people throw this term around, and we use it, I think most believers do, born again. And it's an apt term. It's a proper term. It comes right from this passage. You must be born anew. But it does not mean turning over a new leaf. It does not mean rededicating yourself. It does not mean a kind of a fix-up repair program, even inspired by or guided by the Bible. It really means another birth, a birth of a completely different nature. That's right. In another publication by Brother Lee, he says, Regeneration is not a matter of considering that all things in the past are dead and that everything is new today. So he makes it very clear it's absolutely another nature. Wow. If you take a look in Matthew, which will be heard referred to in this coming portion, John the Baptist said some similar words, didn't he? Uh, he didn't use the term born. He used the term baptized. In chapter 3 of Matthew, verse 11, I baptize you in water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me is stronger than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He himself will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. Witness Leo, I think, help connect these uh, two passages in this coming portion. One more thing, Chris, I wanted to mention is that in the Greek language of the New Testament, uh, you mentioned born again. Born again can also be translated born anew, and can also be rendered in the Greek born from above. So, of course, that means it's an above birth. It's a birth that does not originate on earth, it originates from God with God's life and nature from the heavens, but it transpires on the earth. Wow. Very good. All right, here's Witness Lee, Bill. If we read the Gospels clearly, we could see water and spirit. Such a term has been used by John the Baptist in Matthew 3 and in Luke 2. When the Pharisees came to John the Baptist. John told them, I baptize you with water, but the one that comes after me will baptize you with spirit. The Lord Jesus used the same word to tell Nicodemus to be born anew is to be born of water and of the spirit. Water is the symbol of John's ministry, right? John said, I come to baptize you with water, 
What was Zhang's ministry? Zhang's ministry was to tell people that you have to repent. And to repent means to realize that you are fallen and you are good for nothing. You are only good for a burial. You know the story. But that time, whosoever, after hearing John's preaching, would repent and come to John. John just put him into the water. What does that mean? That means to bury him, to terminate him. You, as an old creation, as a fallen man, <laughs> are good for nothing. Just good for terminating. Go to be terminated. And this was John's ministry. And John told people his ministry was for the ministry of the Lord Jesus. His ministry was to terminate the old creation. And Jesus' ministry is to germinate. John baptized with water to terminate the old creation. And Jesus will baptize people with the Spirit to germinate the terminated people. This means regeneration. Whosoever today would repent, confessing that he is no good for anything, right away he accepts John's ministry. He, in a sense, got terminated. And in other sense, he is born of water. You know, to accept salvation, we need both repentance and faith. To repent is to accept John's ministry. And to believe is to accept the ministry of the Lord Jesus. To repent is to accept John's ministry to get oneself terminated. Following repentance, everyone has to believe. And to believe is to accept the ministry of life of the Lord Jesus to get one's germinated. And this is regeneration. Praise the Lord. Bill, you know, what he spoke there, I think, thoroughly speaks for itself. I don't think we even have the thought we can add to it. I maybe just repeat some of the concepts. But, you know, I couldn't help but think about myself, um, and I think I probably speak for virtually all of us as believers. We are the composition of some good and some bad. And even though doctrinally, theologically, uh, we know better, Really, subconsciously, most of the time, we want the Lord to deliver us and save us from the bad, and we're pretty well happy to have the good part preserved. But this message to Nicodemus that the Lord gave personally and underscored by the ministry of John the Baptist just is a wrecking ball to that kind of concept of the Christian life, isn't it? Right, that's true, Chris. I remember years ago, probably over 50 years ago, I grew up near Chicago, and I would listen to this program from the Pacific Garden Mission called Unshackled, talking about these these cases of these ones who were drug addicts, alcoholics, in trouble with the police, and then they got unshackled, and they had a rough life, and now they received Jesus. And, of course, that's not bad. That was quite good. But I picked up the concept that maybe I'm not like that. I'm a good person. I, I never 
never was an alcoholic or a, a drug addict, so I'm okay already. But like you say, we need to realize we are good for nothing. Whether we're good or bad, we're good for nothing but burial and termination. And that is to be born of water. So the Lord has to terminate us because there's that part, that fallen part he has to terminate. And then he needs to uh, germinate us to be a new creation. And that's part of regeneration. Regeneration is a termination of the old and a germination of the new to make us a new creation with God's divine life and God's divine nature. So like you say, it's hard to add on to what Brother Lee said because it's exhaustive, it's rich, it's full, it's complete, and he touches the the core of what is regeneration. It is a very organic term, isn't it? Some people may have cringed when they heard this word germinate, but it's exactly appropriate. And even the terms are related linguistically, aren't they, to germinate and regeneration? Right, that's right. I I can't help but consider uh, Brother Lee's early history and early ministry. He was scouring the Christian books all over the world trying to find the proper understanding and definition of regeneration. And eventually he got a hold of one book by Brother T. Austin Sparks, which just talked about in a simple way that regeneration is to receive the life of God uh, in addition to your human life. And right away, Brother Lee had the sense, this is it. This brother is on the track. Of course, we know in Brother Lee's ministry, he developed that. So now, if you read the, the later ministry of Brother Lee, especially in the 1980s and 1990s, he gets thoroughly, a thorough definition yeah. and, and exhaustive exposition, in a sense, of what is regeneration. But it is really the receiving of, a, of another life that we don't have, a divine life, in addition to our human life. I am come that you might have life. We'll get to that down the road in John. There's so many references to life. Now we've seen this principle unlocked initially in this first miracle in chapter 2, reinforced in all of these cases in chapters 3 through 11. It really will guide us, I think, through this uh, wonderful life study of the Gospel of John the matter of life and being born with this new life, this divine life from above, as you said, this is key. This is, this is the underscored point, not of just of today's program, but I think of this life study of John, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Really good to have you again. And uh, I enjoyed, as I always do, our fellowship. Um, we just uh, would leave you with our toll-free number and invite you to contact us if you'd like to find out more about the resources we have, that toll-free number, one eight 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 life study that's 888-543-3788. Or visit our website on the Internet, and that is just lsm.org. And our resources are there for you to examine, to enjoy. You can read uh, things online. You can even download many. All of our radio programs are there, plus this rich printed ministry that we always like to point you to. Again, that's at www.lsm.org. Join us again next time as we continue our life study of the Gospel of John. For Bill Austin, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening today. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee spent seven decades in the 20th century speaking Christ, first in Asia and then North America, eventually all over the world. The culmination of those 70 years of ministry 
was his life study of the Bible, an exhaustive exposition of the entire scriptures. This unique commentary focuses on how Christ can be life to man in an experiential and practical way. These programs encapsulate Witness Lee's speaking in just 26 minutes. But to get the complete riches, visit lifestudy.com. From there, you can read all of the Life Study messages in their entirety or download any of our more than 1,700 audio programs at no cost. Again, that website is lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening.